Welcome to No Red Pen, the podcast that helps teachers make the most of educational technology. I'm Tom Mullaney, and I'm here with you this week with a no-frills, unproduced episode all about Google for Education's The Anywhere School. The Anywhere School is an event on video that Google does to promote big updates with education apps. In this episode, I will share the updates my honest reactions and hot takes, and I will focus this on the teaching and learning. So the things that they share that really have to do with every day in the classroom for the teacher. They shared a lot of admin stuff and things that really don't affect teachers, so we're just not going to get into it. Let's go. So first and foremost, Google Classroom. There are definitely some Big updates to Classroom. The biggest one by far, it's the one that every teacher seems to ask for at some point in time. It's scheduling assignments to multiple classes at once. So the great thing about Classroom is you can assign an assignment to multiple classes at once. But once you try to use that schedule feature when you do that, it's not there. And so here's what happens. You can actually do the same thing where you choose your classes. And when you do that and you then click schedule instead of assign, you get a new dialog box that they demonstrated where each class can have its own unique schedule or publish date and its own unique due date. Because in my limited imagination, I remember thinking, why would I want to schedule multiple classes to go at the same time? Well, Google realized that and they said, all right, well, we're going to make it so that you can schedule the multiple classes, but they'll appear at whatever time, different times for different classes, and they'll have due dates at different times for different classes. This is, um, this is butter. This is chef's kiss. I am so happy with this update. This will be great. Uh, the next one is in the Android app coming in August, the Android app will have offline capability. So students, in theory, if their Google Classroom Android app on their phone or tablet has received the information from Classroom, they can then do a lot of different things in Classroom. And like other Google Workspace apps, it will then sync when they are online uh, later. Do a lot of students use Classroom and Android, I don't really know. I guess Google would know that better than, than I do. Um, but maybe it's a, a harbinger of it coming in iPads. But also, if your school uses Chromebooks and they have the Android uh, Classroom app on them, that could be very, very nice. So that would be uh, a really nice benefit. So that's something to keep an eye on. If your school uses Chrome, the Android app, the Android Classroom app on Chromebooks, will that feature uh, be there? The next thing is uh, student activity tracking. And so what it is, is an activity dashboard for your class. So you can see if you've ever asked, hey, did this student even look at this? Did they even open it? You can do it. It is free. It's called, it's part of, it says they, it's free for education fundamentals. Whenever you hear that from Google, that's great. You're in the clear. Uh, because education fundamentals is what everyone gets if they don't pay anything. So that will be a nice feature for teachers to know whether or not a student interacted with an, an assignment. I will say I don't like that, that name activity tracking. Uh, and the fact that when you look at it, our students today are the most surveilled generation of students. And so I have very mixed feelings about that. I understand that for conversations, you need to be able to say, oh, well, this student didn't inter interact with this assignment. But I also, like I said, I have mixed feelings about it because of the surveillance component. 
All right, one other thing that is available for all users of Classroom is in Google Meet. The way this will work is so a change coming to Google Meet is that multiple people can be co-hosts. Right now, there's no such thing as a co-host in Google Meet, while in Zoom you couldn't could have a co-host. Well, now what will happen is there will be a co-host feature, but also any co-teachers for the class, you know that Google Meet you set up in the in the classroom settings, the host is the teacher, but any co-teacher is a is automatically a co-host and the students cannot access it unless one of the teachers a host or co-host is in the meet that will be very nice i understand google meet is not going to be as vital as we get vac vaccinated but that's a nice little change to the google meet classroom integration now a couple of things i'll mention very briefly because they are for the paid tiers um, but, uh, you know, I like to focus on what's free and available to everybody. Uh, one is roster imports. So they're going to make it so that you can basically schools can set it up so that the schools automatically just from the school SIS system create the classes for you. So you don't even have to enroll students. Now, as a teacher, I could see, you know, what if it's August 1st and I want to get started on setting up my classroom content and the district doesn't make these classes until August 31st or September 1st. I could see that being a real issue. Now, the good news is teachers can still create their own classes. Um, they might cause some confusion if they create their own class and then want to enroll their students, but you get my point. Um, so that to me is not that exciting because enrolling students in classroom classes has gotten easier and easier over time. So I'm not that excited about that, but it's something coming to a, uh, I guess, plus education plus. And one other is they're doing classroom add-ons. This is a premium feature. It's with nine, basically nine websites, such as Edpuzzle. That's one of them, where if you give the student the assignment from that external site, they do all of it and you grade all of it in a classroom screen. So that's nice. Again, unfortunately, it is a paid feature. All right, so Google Workspace for Education updates. And this was the big, the big one is these, uh, well, they say, they talk about uh, Smart Canvas. And the idea is that a Smart Canvas, your Google Doc is now a Smart Canvas. It's more interactive and intelligent. And what does that really mean? Right now, the big feature for that is Smart Chips. Smart Chips are, if you, you know, in comments right now, you can type A and then tag a, excuse me, you can type the at symbol and then tag a collaborator. Well, now you can, in the Google Doc itself, and try this, it may have rolled out to your account already, type the at symbol and then start naming a collaborator. And you'll see a little link to that collaborator comes up. Uh, a little link to, in fact, I'm doing it right now. Um, I can, basically, it brings up their little, like, Google card and, and there might be, and there's a link to add them to a calendar event uh, or send them an email. It's pretty nice. Now, if you start typing the at symbol and then the name of a Google Doc, you can get a little smart chip that links to the Google Doc. For docs, drawings, sheets, and slides, it looks really nice because you actually see the little doc drawing sheet or slide icon and it's this text with a great background and for uh let's see here for docs and slides you can open the preview panel one of my favorite things now this also works for google sites although the icon you get is this really generic 
website icon. It's not very nice. It works for PDFs with a red PDF icon. I really like that. And you get a little tiny preview panel. Uh, you don't get really the, the full preview panel option. It also works for Google Drive folders. And again, the icon isn't all that exciting. And Google Calendar events, you get a little grayed out calendar icon. Unfortunately, these smart chips do not work with four, really five things I'd love them to work with, which are Forms, Jamboard, My Maps, Earth Projects, and ooh, YouTube videos. Can you imagine you type the at symbol and you get a little, you, you know, you get that little YouTube link or you type the at symbol and you type the name of a Jamboard Jam and that comes up or a My Map or an Earth Project or Google Form. Oh, I, I want that in there. So, all right. Other things coming to Google Docs, checklists. This has probably already arrived in your account. If it hasn't, it's coming. You can do checklists. I talked, spoke about checklists in Google Docs on an earlier episode. They're also going to add soon uh, something called table templates. It's not coming yet, but it's coming down the road. I don't, I'm assuming for the next school year where they have te uh, templates of tables and one of them is a voting template and that got a lot of love on social media. People said, oh, I can't wait to see that. Uh, one of the premium things they su suggested was writing tips and docs, uh, which is, and, and administrators can turn this off, but you, writers get warnings about offensive language or non-inclusive language. I don't like that that's a premium feature. I really wish that was rolling out to everyone. And of course, the they talked about, this is kind of old news, but the present to meet button. So that's now you see that coming out where you can present a Google Doc or slides to a Google Meet. So that's kind of nice. All right, uh, the big, big things coming to Google Forms, that's really the biggest third bucket of things coming. And that is one in Google Forms, you know how right now when you're editing a Google Form, you have two tabs. You have a settings tab, or excuse me, you have a questions tab and a responses tab. Well, now you're also going to get a settings tab. So the settings will not just be hidden behind the gear icon in the upper right. And the settings will be a little bit more robust, a little bit more user friendly. And there'll also be ways to control settings applied to all of your Google Forms. So, you know, in, in my uh, Google Docs, I have uh, normal text and headings applied to across every time I create a Google Doc. Well, it sounds like it'll be something similar in Google Forms. So, you know, you always use this color or you always use this font. Speaking of fonts, 20 new fonts are coming. Pretty sure my favorite font, Lexend, is not one of them, but 20 new fonts are coming. Right now it's only four. So 20 is five times better than four. So that's a good thing. And the other update they shared, this is kind of uh, an update on some older news. So you know how draft responses are going to save for 30 days. And oh man, when I was a special education teacher, I wanted to make my questions required. But at the same time, if a student ran out of time for the period, oh, they have to go to their next period. Well, now they can't submit and it's partially. And so sometimes I would make them not required, but then kids could accidentally submit without having completed it. Now it will save draft responses for 30 days which they had shared earlier. But the big news about that is that that's rolling out in July. So you'll be able to play with that in July sometime. And so you'll be able to know how that works for well in advance of the upcoming school year. Uh, the other things, uh, we'll just wrap up pretty quick. This is a, a, a quick episode. Um, Chrome OS, they talked about Chromebook accessibility. I won't do a very big deep dive because it's hard to do it justice on a podcast. I will say that 
they are enhancing the accessibility features in Chromebooks. And if you have a student who needs them, especially Chromevox, the Chromebook uh, screen reader, uh, there are definitely some really nice new features coming there. Uh, the other big news, I'm surprised this wasn't the default already, is that now when students, K-12 students who are less than 18 or 18 or younger or younger than 18, that whenever they use Google search, it will be safe search when they're signed into their account, whether they're in their Chromebooks or whether, you know, they're signed into their account at home on a non-district device, not using the web filter. It will all be safe search as long as they're signed in with that account. And apparently to go along with that, they're making it more of a default setting that students can't open incognito tabs on Chromebooks, but I know a lot of districts already do that. Big thing left unsaid at this, and I know this was kind of more about Google Workspace and the core apps, it was, about, it was Google Expeditions and what that will look like in arts and culture. Apparently that's coming later this month or very, very soon it will arrive in arts and culture. So we will see. So that's it. Those were the big, big ones. Just wanted to share my uh, thoughts about those. I think the, the scheduling to multiple classes and customizing the publish and the due dates, oh, that is going to be so good. I think teachers will really like that. I really like smart ships. I think those are going to be really useful for collaboration and for making things interactive and engaging. I do wish uh, that they did apply, like I said, to those five things, Jamboard, Forms, MyMaps, Earth Projects, and YouTube videos. Hopefully those are coming sooner rather than later, or just give that feedback, and I should in Google Docs myself. Well, thank you for listening. I know this was a quickie and one that I published without a lot of format, uh, a lot of production, because I just wanted to get those uh, reactions uh, to you. Please rate, review, wherever you listen to podcasts is very, very helpful. I appreciate your time today. Best of luck. Next week, I'm thinking of doing uh, some reaction to Flipgrid Live. We'll see. But thank you so much. Have a great day.